almost without exception, phone calls get made and the bands get canceled. This is the this is the pattern. Some of you have been victim of this. Welcome to the Solo Entertainer's Blueprint, brought to you by thegigcoach.com. My name is Rockin' Rick, and they call me the Gig Coach. I'm a full-time professional solo entertainer, and I play more than 300 dates every year. This podcast is designed for people who maybe are musicians, maybe you're a solo entertainer already, and you're just you're not sure how to break into getting all the gigs that you want and being able to work consistently. Or maybe you're a solo, maybe you're a singer. Maybe you love to go sing karaoke. This podcast will help give you tips on how to take that and turn it into a profession rather than just a hobby. Or you may be a DJ looking for ways to increase your bookability. All the information you're going to hear in this podcast is going to help you transition into a more, uh, shall we say, to be able to more demand that you can work more. The title of this podcast is Adding DJ Skills to Your Solo Music Show. Now, once again, if you're a solo performer, this is going to really speak to you, and it's going to be bare knuckles and down to the honest truth, which is what you need in this very competitive marketplace. You need to hear the truth in order to be successful. I was playing in a band when the disco craze hit in the late 70s, early 80s, and all of the band gigs pretty much overnight became discotheques. I played in a live band and was on the road doing five and six nights a week. What we would do in those days is we would have an agent, and he would send us to towns all over the the United States, from Canada to Mexico, and each one of those towns would have a venue that we would perform, a six-night-a-week venue. We would typically play Monday through Saturday night, and the venue would have live music, my band, four hours a night, sometimes five, but usually four. And we would get one day off. We would typically play two weeks in that venue, and then we would travel to the next venue, which may be three or four states away. Sometimes it was as far away as 800, 900 miles. Agents were good about that. We had an agent at the time, and we called him Dartboard because we believed that he just took a dart and threw it at a, a board on the wall, that uh, a dartboard that had a map pinned to it, and wherever the dart landed, we believed that's where he sent us. So that was his nickname, Dartboard. But we played full-time, and somewhere in the early 80s, disco really took over all of those live gigs, and all of a sudden, pretty much overnight, Musicians and bands were out of work. Well, there was a big, of course, revolt and rebellion by band members and T-shirts everywhere that said, Disco Sucks. You can still find those T-shirts in, in uh, some of the vintage shops around, but that was a big, a big thing. The band guys hated DJs, hated the whole disco thing because they figured they thought that the DJs had killed their ability to play. And in a way, they had done that. But really, all the DJs did was fill a gap and provide something that the customers were wanting. You know, sometimes in a new market, people don't even know what they want until they experience the new thing and then everyone wants it. 
A typical example is, uh, uh, say, cell phones. You know, when the first cell phones came out, the flip phones or whatever, I can remember people's attitudes. Some of them were, why would I want to take a phone with me everywhere I go? And the rest, of course, is history. Look how that evolved. But the thing to remember is always, in any market, the customer is king. The customer decides what is going to succeed in a marketplace and what's going to die away. Now, unfortunately, over the last few decades, the market for live bands has continually contracted. It's been shrinking. Now, there's some reasons for that. And one of the reasons is, is quite frankly, is people are over-entertained. They have their, once again, their little phone that they take with them, and it has all of the in, the entertainment they could ever want, self-entertainment, at their fingertips. So to entice them to pay attention to outside entertainment, it has to be, really be something that hooks their attention and holds it. But it's a very competitive market for entertainment. And you'll see venues sometimes open up and feature live bands, live music, but they don't last. The venue will be there for a period of months, six months maybe, and then they're gone. And this happens time and time and time again. Because when the venue opens, they are pounced upon by all of the live music entities in the area, bands. I'm just going to say bands. And the the club owner, if it's a new club owner, new to the business, thinks this is a great thing. All of the bands want to play at my venue. This is wonderful. So within a day or two, literally, they have an entire year's calendar filled with these bands that have called and said, hey, you know, we're willing to play at your club. Well, the club owner thinks that's a great thing until about the third or fourth or fifth weekend into this endeavor when the bands are not drawing, really drawing crowds and certainly not holding the crowds. And then the club owner starts to wonder what's going on. And he has all of these bands booked for a year. By the third month, almost without exception, phone calls get made and the bands get canceled. This is the, this is the pattern. Some of you have been victim of this. And the club owner decides he's not going to do live music anymore. And before long, the club is often not even there. So the reality is that the market tells you what they want. And if the market wanted live bands, you would have a live band venue on every block. Every entertainment spot that currently features a DJ would have live bands instead because people would want and support and pay for live bands, but they don't. And unfortunately, many of the musicians I've known over the years live in a kind of what I call delusional denial. They think that the reason they don't have consistent gigs and they don't get booked as often as they like would like to is because the market is just too stupid, quote unquote, to get their music. The the customers don't get them. <laughs> and therefore, they're so far above the customers, they do their own thing and the people don't don't click with them. Like I said, the market will tell you what it wants. 
and they will the market will pay you also handsomely for what they want. The market wants familiar hit music and a variety of that music. And that's the problem with just trying to bring in a band or if you're a solo act singing with your guitar and just singing on the stool. If you don't have the DJ option to play other music, it's not going to work well for you. Once again, you may be a really great singer and a great guitarist, and I've seen some good ones, but I've rarely ever seen any of them be able to hold a room's attention and drive a party all night because people want a party. Generally speaking, they they want to have fun when they come out. They don't want it's the listening rooms are few and far between these days. A listening room is where people sit and focus on an artist playing a guitar, singing original songs. That happens in people's people's living rooms, and it's something called house concerts that. Uh, individual artists, songwriters, they do these house concerts all over and they travel and some of them are successful and some of them, they're hard to make much money doing living room house concerts. There's this, uh, a system to doing all that, all of that. But the point I'm making is if you want to be a consistent, successful entertainer in your market, you need a blended show that includes your live music and DJ music from your computer that is right there with you as you perform. My approach to performance is with track music and guitar. I play guitar, and I'm a vocalist, and I have music that's pre-recorded. I happen to record it in my studio, but you don't have to record your own music. If you want to do that, you can, but you can get already available tracks, karaoke tracks, that are in the right pitch there a440 and you can buy these in your key and just put them on your computer hit the play button play your guitar sing along with the track and it sounds amazing but that's the variety people want and really they demand all right here's the thing there are two types of artists there is an artist that is artistically motivated and there's an artist that is monetarily motivated let me tell you the difference in the two. An artistically motivated performer, they're all about the art. They would be the ones wearing the Disco Sucks t-shirts. <laughs> they do their own thing, and whoever doesn't want to book them because the crowd doesn't respond well to them, well, the, the crowd's just too stupid to get them. I read a um, very good article recently from an economics professor who correctly states that it's nearly impossible, these are his words, to monetize your art. That's what he said. It's nearly impossible to monetize your art. That's why so many musicians never make it. He said the only way to survive as a professional musician is to find a way to monetize your art. And that is next to impossible to do. This is according to the economics professor. And it was a very um, you know, well-written study. So that's the artistically driven performer. Now let's talk about the monetarily driven performer. These are business-minded individuals who realize that if they want a chance to perform in front of people, they have to have venues to do that. And in order to have a music venue you can perform in, you have to bring 
to that venue something they can sell that their customers are going to want to stick around and buy their products for, be it food or alcoholic beverages. But in order to play, you have to have venues. And the market is really very strong for artists who found a way to monetize their art. And really, that's what the Solo Entertainer's Blueprint course is all about, teaching you how to monetize your art. Because as this economics professor said, if you can find a way to monetize your art, you can make a small fortune if you, because so few people are able to do that. You, you see, the market wants art. They want it. It just has to be provided in a way that you can monetize it where they will pay you for it. And the only way they do that is if you have this blended combination where you can give them all that they could want. Give a diverse audience different kinds and different styles of music to choose from. So let's talk about adding a DJ component to your live music show. This will put you in extremely high demand because it's rare that anyone figures this out and knows how to do it. I started incorporating the DJ performance with my track music solo show probably 15 years ago, and it, I came across it by accident. It didn't occur to me that I should play DJ also besides being the live musician i knew that when i played gigs when i was with my band or doing my solo show on the breaks in the music venue the dj would come up and get in the dj booth and if we had a 15 minute break the dj would play dj songs for 15 minutes now here's the strange phenomenon the band's doing their show and there may be one or two couples on the floor maybe dancing the band finishes the dj gets in the booth and turns on the cupid shuffle and guess what happens to the dance floor? It's packed. You, you can't even move on the dance floor. And then the DJ plays maybe Don't Stop Believing. And the audience is going crazy and responding. 15-minute break's over. DJ comes out of the booth. Band goes back on stage. Crowd goes back to normal. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You probably lived through this. So it occurred to me that the crowd likes what the DJ does. So why don't I do what the DJ does as part of my set, part of my music? And I determined that, and here's another secret I'm going to give you. I wouldn't take breaks anymore. I said, we're not going to do the 15-minute break. I'm going to play through it with DJ music myself. And that turned into what I'm well known for now is not taking any breaks. Now, a DJ doesn't take breaks. They just turn on a song, and if they need to go to the bathroom or whatever, to the bar, the song plays, or they walk off and then come back. But I stopped taking breaks many years ago, and this is another secret that differentiates you in a crowded entertainment market. It's a good thing to be able to say when the person booking you says, now, what about breaks? How? Because what they're asking you is, how long are you going to play? And when am I going to pay for you not playing during your break time? And when you're able to say, oh, I don't take breaks unless you want me to. Now, if you're doing a live auction or you're doing a, a corporate event, you take breaks because they want to make speeches and all of that. But you tell the buyer, I'm able to play completely through from beginning to end, if that's what you require. So I discovered that 
if I play DJ music, I got the same response that the DJ DJ did, but I was able to get a, a response above that because I was the solo entertainer. And if I didn't wait until the designated breaks, like 45 minutes on and 15 off, and I played the DJ music, it was even better. I discovered that I could play the Cupid Shuffle maybe 35 minutes in, and they loved it. And then I'd go go back to playing my songs, you know, live music, whatever requests. And then I may play another DJ song. And that thing blended. And over the years, it has become the reason that I work over 300 dates a year. Because people will, for every band or solo entertainer that's hired, I'm going to, and I don't have a statistic uh, exactly on this, but I'm guessing 10 in any market, 10 DJs, maybe that's probably low, probably 20 for maybe more than that in any market for every live, you know, guitarist or band that's hired. Well, for every band, there are about 10 solo acts that get hired. And for every solo act, there are probably 10 or 20 DJs doing events right now, this weekend, there'll be DJs playing where they're not live entertainers. Now, what if, what if you could go in there and bring them that live element because that's special. The DJ thing is not special. You can get DJs. You get good ones and bad ones. But I can show you a way to DJ that is a, it's a good way. It's the way it works. But what if you could go in there and offer live music and performance and then blend it with everyone's DJ requests? Well, that's the magic formula. That's the goose that does lay the golden egg. And I found out when I was playing weddings and still play a lot of weddings. But in the old days, when we would be hired to play as the band, the wedding band, they would also hire a DJ because the DJs bring something the live bands can't do. So what if you combine that and you offer that to brides in your area? Well, it's what I've been doing now for many years. That's one of the reasons I play over 300 dates a year. I'm telling you this stuff. I'm not bragging. I don't care about bragging anymore. I've been doing it too long for that. But I want to help someone who wants to do this. The market could stand to have many more people do doing a blended show because that's what sells. I did a podcast not long ago on residency gigs. That's what keeps you in a residency gig, that ability to blend live music with you know, karaoke and DJ, because DJ karaoke goes hand in hand. Now, it's a, a little bit of a different setup for the karaoke, but it's worth it to add that. If you're going to add DJ, throw in karaoke, because you'll find you'll start picking up gigs that are karaoke gigs, and they pay well. Private parties, if they're trying to de decide between you and another live entertainer, the fact that you can do karaoke with your live show will 99% of the time get you hired over the other. Just that may be one karaoke song a night. Cousin, uh, cousin Mel, maybe a karaoke singer or my, my big sister, Janet may like to sing, uh, you, you know, whatever dancing queen. And that may be the only karaoke song you do at the whole party. But the fact that you have it available is a huge selling point, And it's all about selling points. Adding the DJ component to your live music show will put you in a very high demand. 
Uh, and, you know, the entertainer's solo entertainer's blueprint goes into this in detail. And frankly, it's a, it's a, you pay for the course. You've got to pay something for it. And if the course costs $1,000, which it doesn't, it's much, you know, a fraction of that cost. But if it did cost $1,000, it would be well worth it just to learn how to seamlessly integrate DJing skills with a live music show because it will pay for itself time and time and time again. So valuable. This is, this is what Tony Robbins says. If you know who Tony Robbins is, he's a motivational guy and a brilliant guy. But he said this one time, and I remembered it. And I'm paraphrasing. This is not exactly what he said, but this is the essence of his quote. Tony Robbins, quote, Find someone who is already successful in what you want to do, and you can learn in days what it would take you decades to learn on your own. And how true that is. Find someone who's done what you want to do. If this makes sense to you, if you have a business uh, acumen at all and, and you're clicking with what I'm saying, the market wants this and will pay for it, you need to go to the gigcoach.com, T-H-E-G-I-G-C-O-A-C-H.com and look into getting becoming a part of the Solo Entertainer's Blueprint. It's going to be released uh, in February of 2020. The course will be ready. And I would highly get, you know, look at getting into that because the market is hungry for a combination of live music performance blended with popular, familiar DJ music. And if you can deliver that combination, you will have more work than you can do. This is Rockin' Rick at thegigcoach.com. Stop by and sign up for to be notified of future training modules that I'll make available to you and future free webinars. That's T-H-E-G-I-G-C-O-A-C-H.com, The Gig Coach. Thanks. See you next time.